You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Good morning, Birds fans. It is an OTA Wednesday here on Birds 365. McMullen and McDonald here to hang with you. Johnny Mac, you didn't have to make it across the bridge. Eh? That 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 quick tweet, text, email didn't say, come running, come running. No, uh, join us for yet. our uh, on the grass time, did it? Not yet. Hopefully later in the week. And I hope the Eagles are noticing other teams open up. Uh, far more than they do so that's a little criticism right off the bat um don't get it 
but it's where we are in modern sports. Um, you know, I don't see what it hurts, but everything's clandestine, Jody. Everything's CIA-like. Can't no. can't let this out. Can't 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 know how people are lining up in seven on sevens and 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 well now it's June and by the way happy June first everybody, which is an important day in the NFL from a salary cap standpoint. But um, yeah, I, I mean come on, let, let open the open the stuff up. Stop this yeah. nonsense. Yeah, but. They put out a heck of a hype video yesterday, did they? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, Jody, because I don't watch that crap. Because I'm not interested in state-owned media. And that's what the Eagles are. I don't give a flying you-know-what about their stupid hype videos. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm angry about this. I, I know, because you're a hands-on reporting guy. I'm a from far, afar reporting guy, so I can actually look back. I, I'm not going to... Uh, sugar-coated any more than you do. You are 100% correct. It's state-controlled message when you are the uh, subject that's being covered and you're covering it yourself. Well, then, yeah. Oh, Hey, Jalen Hurts looked great in sunglasses. Yeah. Great oh, sunglasses, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, what's his swag rating, Jody? Oh, my God, if I see that again. Stop it. Stop with the nonsense. I, I'm sorry. It's a bit uh, of mine. It, it, not you. I'm not saying you. Stop it. I'm, it's not for, certainly not for you and I, and it's not even for the discerning Eagle fan who really wants to sink his teeth into it and try and be uh, judgmental if they are improving or they doing what they need to do in their life. No, it's for the Rabah fans. And there's a lot of fans that are out there like that that root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. And they're playing slash pandering to them, which I'm okay with. I get it. As long as there is a chance for guys like John McMullen to go in and give us the real deal. Would I like to see a little bit more of it? Of course I would on an everyday basis. Anytime they're practicing, you, you, you and uh, all the other great Eagle reporters should be there. As long as you're there for a portion of it is, it isn't completely undercover. You just have to take yesterday's dissemination of information for what it was worth it's eagles propaganda go birds yeah and i'm glad you used that word word and obviously you know when you think about propaganda you think about governments and and far more important issues and i get you know i'm not trying to make out sports to be more than it is but i do think and i think it's what we've tried to do with this show jody uh you and i and everybody who put it together is uh bring actual serious eagles coverage uh to to the most perhaps the most passionate fan base in the nfl and i think it is and I, i'm i'm happy i think the vast majority don't want the pandering uh but i i do agree that there is a significant portion and i get it all the time don't write that the negative blah 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 it's not negative it's not positive it's truth um, and, and that's what we're, that's what we're talking about because, you know, listen, if, if that's what you want, there's plenty of places to find it. This is probably not the place for you. Um, and it, look, you, you, let's look at cornerback, for instance, you know, all the talk. Oh, we love Zach McPherson. We love Gary Benson. We love Tay Gallon. And boom, James Bradbury's here and Jimmy Moreland's here, which people forget about 
we couldn't have loved him that much. Couldn't have loved him that much. So, you know, if you want the propaganda and you want the bull bleep, uh, uh, Godspeed. Uh, to me, it's no fun. I'll, I'll tell you that. Uh, and I don't care. And I don't watch the propaganda stuff. So when the Eagles put out their hype videos and people say, did you see how cool that is? No. My answer is always no, because I don't give I don't I don't care how cool it is. I don't care. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I do watch them and I do enjoy them, but I try and keep them in their proper perspective that you know where it's coming from. You know what the purpose of it is and you just put it in, in the box that it deserves to be in. Um, yeah, we try and stick with the facts and or our opinions and J-Max got his and I've got mine. And I will uh, annoy the follow the Eagles lead uh, group here by saying nice workout yesterday. What, 32 minutes, 44 minutes. How long did they actually go, John? Because the Philadelphia Eagles, at least as per what has been laid out. And again, you'll know better. You'll be there. You won't be there every day. But when you're there, you're going to be able to see how long things go. They are working less than any other team in the national football league, they're certainly working less than the Philadelphia Eagles have ever worked before. They're scheduling six OTAs. They could have as per the CBA had as many as 13 off uh, OTAs. They've got six on the books as of right now. And they are pointing to the fact that last year they were less injured than they have been in the previous season comping their injuries to their own previous injuries. They weren't the least injured team in the National Football League, but they were in the the, the lesser third. Um, I'm sorry. I Maybe I'm just old school. Maybe I'm just old. Uh, pra- <laughs> practice makes perfect. And the Eagles believe that practicing, practicing less is somehow going to make them better for this upcoming season. And the spin is in, uh, and no one can really ever know for sure. There's not even a metric. They're going to spoon feed you the metric of, oh, look, less injuries. Well, okay, maybe you would add more injuries, but maybe actually could have uh, converted more plays and accomplished more if you'd worked more. So there's no clear answer. I can't tell you I know the Eagles would have been better if they practiced more the same way the Eagles can't tell me or anybody else, oh, that it worked for us because we practiced less. We had less injuries. Yeah, but how do you know you don't make that play? How do you know Jalen Hurts isn't more uh, accurate with his passes if he'd gotten more practice reps last year? You'll never know. Everybody can have their own opinion on this. My opinion is the Eagles don't put in enough work. And you're right. And first off, let me say I'm more towards your point of view than the Eagles' point of view. Now, they're – I don't think the Eagles point of view is we're, we're better because we practice less. I, I, I know they don't think that this is strictly about the cost benefit analysis of health versus uh, at, at this time of the year and their thought process of we'll get to week one, which is what really counts healthier if we do it this way. And Look, I think if you go back, they, they, they sort of deemed last year, which they had to do because of a couple reasons, the pandemic and uh, a, a rookie head coach that didn't have a lot of cachet coming in with a lot of uncertainty. So they had to make these deals with the veteran players to get them to come in in the offseason, blah, blah, blah. 
And it worked out well from their perspective. And they said, let's do it again. Let's keep it. Who cares? We're, it, it's not that important. Let's, let's be healthy. Let's be healthier. Right. But um, I, I, I apologize for interjecting. They're practicing even less than last year. Last year, when they had the first-year coach who needed to build relationships within the locker room, now he's the second-year coach. Now he's the coach who made the playoffs in his first year in the NFL, and they're even scaling back from that. Yeah, but and, you know, the team drills down to the seven-on-seven. So, yeah, they've even scaled back a little bit further. But for the most part, they they think what happened last year uh, worked from a health standpoint. And 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 then you sort of have these demarcation lines, right? They they look great in week one, and there's certain people that say, "Hey, we didn't have any effect." You know, we look we destroyed the Falcons. Yeah, but then you were two and five and looked like a disaster. People forget that point, right? You know, then then the next six games you look like an abject, not ready, completely. People were talking about firing Nick Sirianni. That's how bad it got. Um, they didn't look prepared. They one, were penalized. One. Remember the penal penalties. Everybody, they're not prepared. They're not. They're not uh, structured. They don't. Pre- they, all that kind of stuff. And then they make the run, which a lot of people could correctly argue was more tied towards the bad schedule than anything else. They took advantage. Look, it's not their fault, but they took advantage of the salt part of their schedule, and they deserve credit for that. But they didn't beat any good teams. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, so you can look at it in a bunch of different ways, but I, I don't think they think they're more prepared that they they have found a sort of cheat code to make them more prepared than teams. In fact, I think they know they're less prepared and that's the cost benefit of, we don't care because you can't pre- prepare enough anyway versus health. I think that's their decision, and that's the debate that goes on inside the Novacare complex. Right. You put it on a, uh, a scale, and the balance goes one way or the other. Which is better? More healthy because you practice less? Nobody's saying practicing less makes you better on the field. You don't believe that. I don't believe that. Neither of us believe the Eagles believe that. But they think that being healthy because you're taking less chances – outweighs the potential of being a more uh, well, well-versed well team going into the beginning of the season, throughout the season. Uh, none of us can really see the scales. We don't really know. I would tip toward practice makes perfect, but the Eagles tip toward health is uh, an overachieving factor. We shall see. And, John, we'll get a chance to see how many minutes you think you're going to get when you get in there, uh, either tomorrow or uh, Friday. I believe, and again, it's not official. I, I believe we're going to get to watch the entire OTA. Um, and, you know, the Eagles, again, everything is spin with this organization. They have, eminently, they have different phases of practices. Uh, there's a, 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 even amongst the, <laughs> even amongst the short practices, they have different phases. So let's use ABC as an example. And if C is the the hardcore, and I'm being facetious, the the big ninety minute practice, they're trying to hold off to give us a look at that one, the the long practice, so we can get the biggest look at the team. But here's what I my issue with. You know, in training camp, 
by policy, they have to open up the entire practice to the media uh, through a certain period. That's an NFL policy. So there's nothing NFL teams can do about it. They'd love to change it, but they haven't been able to change it yet. Then as you get into regular season, regular season mode, which is typically at the end of training camp, uh, but there are a couple contingencies like joint practices. You have to open up joint practices. So when the Eagles practice against the Browns and the Dolphins, they have to be open to the media. Um, but when you get into regular season mode, we're only allowed to watch the first 10, 15 minutes of practice, sometimes 20 if it's a long practice, basically stretching and individual drills. That's what the Eagles should do. On Tuesday, yesterday, it's Wednesday. I'm all mixed up because it's Memorial Day week, so excuse me. So yesterday was Tuesday, correct, Jody? Um, they should have opened up 15, 20 minutes and said, all right, that's it. And, and the same thing uh, today, every single day, they don't have one today, uh, but Thursday and Friday, every single day, they should have something open to the media, but they don't want to, and they don't have to, and this is the way they've gone about it. And you see, you can go on Twitter and, and see other teams. They go about it a different way, Eagles, closed circuit to everyone down there. They open stuff up. And look, you 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 guys are 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 nuts to not want this stuff open and to not let the most passionate fan base in the world, certainly in this city, maybe I'm being a little hyperbole, uh, hy- hy- uh, a little bit of hyperbole there, but certainly in this city, the most passionate fan base, and they're doing a disservice to them. Bottom line. Let me uh, try one more time because one of our streamers here, Slasher, checked in and said, uh, practicing less does keep you healthier like it's not rocket science, Jody. All right. Let me try and explain this again. If you practice less, you will stay healthier. But you have to weigh that against if you practice less, you might not be able to perform and go out and do it on a game day. And be in uh, sync, uh, sync with your fellow teammates. Those two things weigh against each other. Every single team I've ever played for, I've ever covered, has said that practice makes them better. So you weigh practicing practice and the downside of getting hurt against practicing and getting better as a team. There's a balance there. And everybody tries to uh, strike as good a balance as possible the Eagles have come down heavier on less practice is better because it prevents more injuries. Well, then here's a wild idea. Why not put all the players in bubble wrap and not have them practice at all? Just show up on Sundays. No one would ever get hurt in practice. If that is your goal, hey, we can't even afford to think about being hurt. Real simple. Don't practice. Just show up on Sundays. Is yeah. that what you're looking well, for, Mr. Uh, it's not rocket science? Well, and, it, and, it is not rocket science. Don't practice. Don't get hurt. And that, that uh, you know, practice makes perfect, as you said. It's a cliche for a reason. But there is things that people don't think about. Like, you know, I call it the callous hand hands theory because I've, I've talked to a lot of coaches and over the years, and they'll say, look, yeah, I mean, 
look at it this way. You know, if you work on the docks, you get used to it. You know, you know, watch Deadliest Catch. You get used to it. You get used to it. If they got to throw me or Jody Mack out there, we're not going to do well because we're not used to it. No. And when you're playing a sport like football, you got to build up your body. And you show up week one this year, it's Detroit and, you know, it's a dome. And, you know, Detroit's not a very good football team. But let's pretend it was Tennessee in a dome. And you're doing this and you got to deal with, all right, it's week one. We don't practice anything when it comes to stop and run. I tell you all the time, Jody, nobody cares about the run in the spring. The Eagles are working seven on sevens. Now, I wrote about this on jacobsports.com. It makes sense because you don't have pads on anyway. So why practice what you can't practice? So I, I'm not I'm not even criticizing the Eagles for that. But the bottom line is then you got to show up week one, and I don't know who Tennessee plays week one, so that's a better example. Week one, Derrick Henry, go stop him. We didn't, we didn't practice it all spring, but it, it, go stop them. Go stop them. You know, it, it, there's unintended consequences to everything. Unintended consequences to everything. You can look at it just from the health aspect. Forget about the, the playing aspect. You know, they have these ramp-up periods now. You get used to playing football. If you're not playing football, and you go out there and you don't have that callus towards football, you might pull your hamstring. You might go, you're going 20 miles an hour, 20 miles an hour, 20 miles, an hour, then go a hundred, bang. All of a sudden here goes the hamstring. Here goes the calf. Here goes that. This is a debate that's been going on in the NFL for years. I've always said you can't legislate injuries. Josh Sweat, I mean, he missed the playoff game and he almost died because he had internal bleeding. Nobody could legislate that. I, you know, stuff happens. If you got a direct line to your God, whoever your God is, and I'm talking to the listeners, okay, if you know, because I don't know who's getting hurt, when they're getting hurt, and you could try to play God, it's yeah. There's nothing you can do. If the guy's getting hurt, he's going to get hurt. Unless you put him in bubble wrap, which I think some Eagle fans would you like to get hurt in bubble wrap. Then you're guaranteed not to get hurt. Well, you might not be able to actually execute plays and uh, tackle guys and win games on Sunday, but damn, we're healthy. Yeah. And by the way, we're going to have Mike Gill. He's going to be a couple minutes late. So we got to get the break anyway, but he'll, he'll be on. We'll get to talk to him about this. See, now, shame on Mike Gill. Is he looking to practice less? Yeah, is that maybe, a, is... maybe. Maybe his voice. Maybe that two minutes is going to help his voice. He's going to be a couple minutes late because he's got to talk all day. So Something tells me when Gill does arrive, he will be in full throat. That's yeah. usually not a problem for Mike Gill. He will be loud and he will be opinionated. We always like talking to him. So Mike Gill from uh, down the shore, ESPN down the shore, will join us hopefully. Stay right here. Find out if that's the case or if he, like the Eagles, is not ready to practice. I'm Birds 365. <laughs> Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip 
at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, here with John Birds 365, and they're setting his shot from the Jersey Shore is our buddy from the Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN, Mike Gill, who, uh, like John and myself, is underdressed. And that's the way we like it. Yesterday, I swore that uh, our, our buddy from NJ.com had on a tie. Yeah, no, <laughs> Gill doesn't wear ties. That's why we like him. Hello, Mike Gill. No. Now, yeah, no tie you don't for need me. A tie man. at the beach, Mike. You I specifically got into this field to not have to get dressed. I actually <laughs> just texted John. I don't know if you got it that I thought I might yeah, be two minutes it. late because I was taking a walk on the beach this morning and I wasn't sure I was going to get back in time. But I'm here. There we go. Love it. Now we we were talking before you came on, Mike, about the Eagles. Uh, and and they're scaled back OTAs, and we were joking that maybe you needed that extra two minutes to rest your voice because you got to talk all day. So you know it's the cost benefit analysis. You only got so many minutes to talk per day. Are you trying to are you trying to stay healthy with that with that two minutes of rest? <laughs> well, 
all the yelling I have to do about the Phillies later on today, <laughs> I can talk calmly about the Eagles. They seem to be doing everything right, right? Uh, yeah, they've had a good offseason. I, I, I'm a little bit upset about, and this doesn't matter. This is more inside baseball and the fact that they haven't opened uh, OTAs and they're not going to open them probably until Friday to the media. I, I don't I don't like it. I think they're doing a disservice to the fan base when they do yeah. stuff like that. Um, but again, uh, I, I don't think most people understand that. But when you think about how passionate this fan base is, and by the way, the Phillies teams like the Phillies and Sixers and Flyers make it easier for the Eagles, if that's even possible, when it comes to this particular uh, market. Um you think there is a group of fans that that pays attention to stuff like that, or they don't care? They want the rah rah stuff and all that. Oh, I'm sure people want to see John McMullen play by play tweeting seven on seven OTA. Well, don't get that. No yeah, don't get that from Elliot, not from me. <laughs> There's no question about they want that. Um, man, I remember this is you know I, at the time this was kind of a. Uh, it's been a very interesting week. You know, I was interning for Jody on the Mac and Mac show. And this is what, 1998. And part of the thing that I had to do was go set up a show up at Lehigh, you know, and, and I'd be there like, who the hell's driving out in the middle of here? And, you know, I'm like 18 <laughs> years old. Now, mind you, I lived down the Jersey Shore my whole life and never did training camp as a kid. Like not something that my, you know, my father took me to. And I'm thinking as I'm doing this internship, like, who the hell is going to be here? And sure enough, when I got there, I was like, holy mackerel. So to answer your question, is it uh, do people, the fans want to know? Yeah. And I think, you know, little by little, the what is important about OTA? Well, there's a lot of verbiage. They're installing stuff. They want to see who can comprehend the verbiage through their mind, and then act it. And I think it's always downplayed a little bit, guys. You might disagree, John. You're there all the time. But I think, you know, I coach on a very small level, you know, 13-year-old baseball. But we do hitting in February. And at that time, you see somebody, and you're like, you know, when we get out on the field, I definitely want to pay more attention to that guy. And I'm wondering if there's guys that are going through this right now where the coaches don't have any expectation they see him in these seven-on-seven seven settings, and they're like, you know what? When we get to the real thing, I'm going to focus more on that guy than I thought I was going to. So those are the type of things that, like, I think get lost in the shuffle here a little bit. But, you know, we're also starved for football. Maybe I'm just making things up. No, you're not. And you're not making up the link to that ride to Lehigh. Uh, <laughs> I'm a South Jersey guy. You're a down-the-shore South Jersey guy, which is another 45 minutes to an hour on top of it. It was a pain in the butt to get up there. Guess what? It was worth it. You were getting paid, not me. (laughs) You were right there on top of the players. You could come up with your own analysis of what the Eagles were doing right and doing wrong. And if you're a fan, you want to know that. Well, I shouldn't say that. You should want to know that. You should want to know what the strengths and weaknesses of your team and should want to be able to make that call for yourself. And you used to be able to do it for umpteen practices every single preseason. Now, in their little bubbles, stay under wraps, not let the media in. You just have to uh, cross your fingers and hope that the Eagles are a much improved team. They look like it on paper, but we won't really know it until we see it in action, will we, Mike? No, Jody, and you know this from, you know, you took call after call after call for all those years where people will call and discuss 
who the backup center will be. I mean, and right now we have legitimate conversation of, I'd like to see who's getting those reps at right guard at this point. You know, what are they doing in that spot? You know, um, you got three or four guys who are in the mix there. While it seems that a lot of the first team stuff is pretty settled, what's that defensive line rotation going to look like? Who are they going to pair up together? What's the linebacking core starting to look like? Which two guys or three guys uh, will John Gannon lean on the most? Where are they going to kind of line up? Is it going to be a three-man, a four-man, a five-man front? When they put those pieces out there, I don't know that they're showing that right now, but we'd like to get a little bit of clues because, you know, after what this week, I guess next week, it's going to be radio silence for a little while. And all those conversations are going to be put to rest. So we really don't have any indication of what they're thinking with all these new pieces. You know, I'm really intrigued by a lot of these things, but also, okay, they've got AJ Brown, they've got Smith, but. Are they completely off Rager? Is he getting any reps? Is Watkins the guy for them? What about Zach Pascal? They brought him in. They feel more comfortable. Is he usurping both of those guys? Is he going to be the third guy? So there are some definite things that I'd like some clues to this week, but unfortunately, we're getting buckus. Well, we'll get a little bit of that, hopefully, on Friday, tentatively, as I say. But um you mentioned some of those question marks, Mike. Um, you know, Peter King, I, I always call this list season. Everybody comes out with lists. Uh, Mike Tannenbaum's doing his tier list. Our, our buddy, the former Jets GM on the 33rd team. Everybody's got lists this time of year. Peter King came out with his power rankings, and he had the Eagles at number nine. Number nine in nine. this league. And – you know, San Francisco was number 10. And I looked at Peter and I said to myself, aren't the Eagles trying to be San Francisco? San Francisco's the team that went to the Super Bowl and went to an NFC championship game. They've already reached the Final Four in two out of three seasons. The one year they didn't because Nick Bosa got hurt. The Eagles have Hassan Reddick, but they have Bosa. The Eagles have Jordan Mailata, but they have Trent Williams. The Eagles have A.J. Brown, but they have De- Debo Samuel. Uh, are people skipping steps with the Eagles when they're saying this is a top 10 level team? It's a fair question, and I saw that list, and I also noticed that they were the fourth highest in the conference. Yeah. So really, um, you know, they were ahead of Dallas, so they were the best in the East. They were the fourth highest in the conference, which puts them in a spot that, I don't know. We asked, It's an interesting question because – we had this conversation on my show last week. Do the Eagles have a Super Bowl roster, but not a Super Bowl quarterback? In other words, are they the Denver Broncos of last year? Everybody said, this Broncos roster is really good. They just need a quarterback. They went through the year. What well, They finished like eight and nine. And then they went out and got Russell Wilson. Are the Eagles in a similar spot where they feel their roster is there? They want to see what they have in the quarterback. And I think that's where the different where the conversation comes in. Maybe Peter King thinks higher of Jalen Hurts than others do, and thinks higher of him than he does Trey Lance, and therefore thinks the Eagles might be a smidge better than 49ers with you know similar rosters. Now, I think you mentioned a couple of individual players, but is the Eagles offensive line as a whole better than San Francisco's? Is their run game better than San Francisco's? They have Debo, but do they have more? In their offense, do they have – well, they have Kittle, Goddard, okay, probably slight edge. But they're very similar. It's an interesting point, but maybe he just likes Hurts more than 
the the local fans do. I got a Jalen Hurts question for you because every year in the National Football League breaks down into segments. The Philadelphia Eagles made the playoffs. Not everybody thought that was going to be the case. They did more power to them. First year coach, first year starter for Jalen Hurts. They ended up making the playoffs. They finished nine and seven. Yeah, I said nine and seven because nine and eight doesn't count because they played the JV against the Cowboys last game of the season. So nine and seven make the playoffs. And then they got their tails kicked by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which, oh, by the way, Jalen Hurts wasn't very good, nor was the Eagle defense who led Tom Brady up and down the field. So they end up getting crushed in that game. And now begins the season of what you were just talking about, Mike. Is the quarterback good enough? That's the issue. It's all about the quarterback. The quarterback isn't good. Second round pick. He couldn't stay at Alabama and just run through the litany of things that Jalen Hurts couldn't do or wasn't. And then the offseason started, and they started upgrading in different places. And they get guys like A.J. Brown, and they have the draft they have. And Jalen Hurts comes out of focus. You know as soon as they start playing games, and it won't be preseason because he didn't play in the preseason last year. So he's not going to play in the preseason this year. But as soon as they play that first game of the season, all the attention, focus, and pressure is going to return to Jalen Hurts. How does that play with the Eagles this year? Yeah, and I think another thing that we should be added to the game against Tampa was they didn't run the ball very well against them either. You know, they had been running the ball pretty much exclusively against everybody. Well, when they saw a defense like Tampa, they didn't do a very good job of that either. So uh, are they going to lean on the run? Somebody brought up an interesting point about are they going to have a similar offense where they do feature the run but just take more shots because they have more weapons. But you're right. If it's like what's going on with the Phillies right now, everybody wants to find someone to blame. You know, they brought in all these bats. Well, they're not hitting. Well, the bullpen still stinks. Well, it's the GM's fault. Well, the manager is wearing at the bullpen. No, when it's a football problem, it's one guy, it's the quarterback, you know? So they're going to say, well, you have receivers now. Now you have the best offensive line of football. Why aren't you producing? So I, I think everybody knows or feels similar to the Denver situation. Hey, we have this good roster. If, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, if you can't get it done, we'll go find someone that can. So I think that's where the the countdown clock begins for Jalen Hurts is if you're not going to get it done with this group, we'll go find someone that can. We have the ammunition. We stock the coffers. We're ready to go. We really like you. We showed you that we want to build around you, but now the clock's starting to tick for you. I don't think that's outrageous to say. Well, I agree the clock is ticking, Mike, but I want to get – and, and a lot of people, it's not just you, have kind of said the Eagles have shown their belief. They believe in Jalen Hurts. And I kind of say, well, do they? I'm, I mean, they wanted Russell Wilson. They certainly would have been involved with Deshaun Watson if either of those two quarterbacks uh, approved a potential move to build up, which they did not for whatever reason. That's You have that in one column. However, I will say in the other column, the Eagles didn't seem interested in any Jimmy Garoppolo-like upgrades or Baker Mayfield-like upgrades or Sam Darnold, whoever, whomever, quarterbacks that are probably available. uh, And you can argue would be a slight upgrade, certainly with Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield, if if the latter, if the former is healthy. Um, you could make an argument those guys have proven themselves more. And the Eagles said, nah, we're not interested yeah. in that. 
So I see both sides of it, but well, where, John, where are you personally? Do they believe you think, that though, the guy got one year to start? He made the playoffs. I mean, how many quarterbacks their rookie their first season of starting actually make the playoffs? Now, for whatever reason, they made the playoffs. There's plenty of layers, but Baker Mayfield certainly didn't. You know, Garoppolo. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. So I agree with what you're saying. I think, like, it's the whole thing with Baker Mayfield. Like, he wants out of Cleveland because, okay, they don't want – well, they went – now, that whole situation is a complete disaster happening, and it's probably getting worse. But it's no shame that they went and said, you know what, we like you, but we had the opportunity to go get a better player. Like, that's the problem in these sports. It's like, this isn't us telling you that we think you stink. It's we had the opportunity to improve our team, so we took it. I think the Eagles were in that boat. We had the opportunity to prove our team if we could get Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. The other guys, eh, I don't know that Baker Mayfield makes you a 13-win, 12-win team. I don't know that Jimmy Garoppolo does that. So we do like you. We just don't like you better than Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. And I don't think that's outlandish for any organization to tell anybody who's the starting quarterback. You're always on the clock. You can always be replaced by somebody better. Now, if you make a lateral move, like you suggested, John, well, then eh, we didn't really like you all that much. But I think they generally do like the intangibles that he's brings. And I think they hope that he takes that step and they went out and got pieces to help him take that step. Now it's up to him to do it. All right. I want to run this by both of you guys. Here comes the hypothetical question. Time. <laughs> um John, as you just discussed, they verbally backed Jalen Hurts every chance they had during this. Every time they got a chance, Jalen's our guy. We love Jalen. Jalen's our quarterback. We're going forward with Jalen. But yet we believe and reports are that they did go out and look at other quarterbacks. High-level quarterbacks couldn't acquire any of them. So Jalen is back again, and they stayed good to their word, even if they were just hedging and didn't really mean it. Let's put it into practicality. Go into the season, Eagles are three and four after seven games. Jalen Hurts is the exact same quarterback he was last year. Not terrible. Breaks off, makes a play with his uh, legs every once in a while. Mm, Completion percentage isn't good enough. Not enough touchdown passes. And the Eagles are three and four after seven games. Who's going to be the quarterback the rest of the season for the Eagles? Mike, you first. Well, with everything, there's a lot of variables there. Who's hurt? What happened around them? How the defense played? Did they win? Did they lose 40? Everything else is exactly the same as last year. Everything else. Defense is the defense. They've added these other talented weapons, and the results aren't any better than they were last year. I think Hurts is the quarterback regardless. I don't see a situation where they're going to turn this team over to Gardner Minshew and say, hey – this guy's struggling. I think it's, hey, you know, because unless he's just wildly inaccurate, like Wentz was, you know, that one year where you're just like, what is going on here? Um, I think they probably stick with Hurts to the end. And if it doesn't work, they move him in the offseason. And they, they, I don't think there's any situation where they think Gardner Minshew is the starting quarterback for this year's team or anywhere in the future. I think they view him as a top flight, valuable backup, which, the only reason Hurts is here in the first place is because they value that spot so much. Yeah. Now, the correct answer, Mike, is, of course, they would trade Gardner Minshew to, uh, for Nick Foles, who would come in and save the season. 
That is the correct <laughs> answer. But no, Jalen Hurts, the real answer is Jalen Hurts would be the starting quarterback for, for this team uh, the entire year if he's healthy. And if he's the same quarterback, Jody, or if he regresses, uh, Mike, yeah, then they're moving on in next offseason. By the way, if he's the same quarterback as he was last year, they're probably going to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. He had a good season last year. He had a, he had a darn if, good season. Not if they're three and four, because the second half of their season is the tougher half of their season. Oh, that's true. Uh, that first four games, that would be a major disappointment at three and four to start. But if he plays, you, you mentioned at a similar level, Jody, he's going to be the starting quarterback. Um, they're not going to bench him for Gardner Minshew. Um if that's where we're going, they don't see Gardner Minshew as a, a, a starting quarterback. But John, uh, how much, John, how do you much do you think that ankle injury prevented his, you know, the last four games? He clearly oh, it, wasn't the same guy yeah. running. So how much did that factor? Like he, he kind of flatlined it seemed. I mean, this guy had what, uh, 3,200 yards. He had 700 yards rushing. I'm doing this off the top of my head. But, I mean, he had like 25 – he accounted for like 25 touchdowns and only turned the ball over less than 10 times. I mean, yeah, for the first year of being the guy, those are some numbers if you can improve on. I hate to go back to a conversation that you guys brought up to me a while back, but you might have to consider paying that guy $30 million. Yeah. Well, that's what I, I was bringing. It's probably more than $30 million. Now, Mike, it keeps going up and up and up. But, um, yeah, one of my pet peeves is we talk about not just Jalen Hurts, but anybody who has that uh, play style is ultimately going to get hurt. They're not going to have the longevity. Uh, you know, if you're hoping to play in your 40s like Tom Brady or Drew Brees, it's not going to happen if you play that style of football. Um, and they say, Jalen, Jalen didn't get hurt. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, got, he, he just played through it. And yeah. he had surgery, and he wasn't and it the affected same him. player. Yeah, and it affected him. Uh, it affected him immensely. Um, and ironically, he got hurt in the pocket. But nonetheless, uh, anytime you get banged up and you're playing through it, and it's a it's a wonderful thing. But I asked Baker Mayfield about that because he played through a serious injury, and everybody you know what it on him because he didn't look like the same player. Same thing with Jalen Hurts. You've not only got to be on the field, you got to be playing in an optimum level. I think one of the silver linings to that injury, the Eagles were hoping, was that it would force him to to stay in the pocket, obviously, which which it did, and he would start to improve that part of his game. I don't know if that necessarily happened, but you know, maybe it did long term. Maybe he learned a little bit about himself. <clears throat> oh wait, twenty six. Yeah, he he ran for ten Mike, touchdowns. Here's, Mike, here's the problem with your theory. He played well in those three final games before he sat out with the other starters in the JV game against Dallas. They beat Washington. They beat the Giants, and they beat Washington again. I know it was against lesser teams, but mm-hmm. they are division opponents. He won all three games and put up pretty good numbers in all three of those games. So, how much did the ankle injury actually hurt him? He got bet. He, he was hurt. Then he played three good games. Then he took a week off. Then he sucked against Tampa Bay. Oh, it must have been the ankle. Well, how did he get over the ankle to play well enough to beat Washington <clears throat> twice and the Giants once? Well, I don't know that he played. He yeah, might have I don't played know that he well. played well, Chevy. Right. I, mean, I don't know that he played. Play. He, he wasn't the same dual threat guy that makes him. 
versus Washington, 20 of 26. Their first win against Washington. Yeah, I mean, well, A, you can't, um, you know me, I'm not a numbers guy, but you can't take out, A, number one, you can't take out Tampa Bay, right? That counts too. Two. No, 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 no. Hold on, John. Uh, let me explain myself again. Mike made the theory. How much did the we're talking about the ankle injury? Right. How much did the ankle injury hurt? Yeah, but how much? Well, he how hurt much his ankle. Run those games? Came back. At least my opinion. Well, you can yeah, look at the numbers. Back. and I look at the numbers. He played well enough to beat Washington, beat the Giants, to beat Washington. Then took a week off with the rest of the starters, and he had the lousy game against Tampa Bay. How do we? How do we write that off as the ankle when he had played three good weeks and got a week off before the playoff game? I would tell you it was the competition. It was the fact that Tampa well, was Well, the that competition, good, but he also stopped. What, what are the running numbers? He stopped running the football number. But the more important part is he showed up after the Tampa game in a boot, and he had surgery. So, it, you know, he was playing through an injury. And, you know, the Eagles downplayed it for obvious reasons, and they should have. That part I'm not going to criticize him for because – you don't want to alert the world that, hey, the quarterback's not healthy. The quarterback's working through something. But he had surgery. I mean, uh, you know, he hurt himself. And he hurt himself against the Giants. And after the fact, the Eagles admitted that. And it was more serious. And he deserves credit, by the way, for playing through that. And playing at a level where you could beat. Again, it's not the Eagles' fault. I said that at the beginning of the show, Jody. The lesser part of their schedule, it's not their fault. It's not Jalen Hurts' fault. They took advantage of playing the Giants in Washington and, and teams like and those teams. It's games they should have won. It's games they did win. Jalen Hurts deserves credit for winning those games and fighting through those injuries. But he was injured. There's no doubt about that. Which, by the way, a team like the Colts, they didn't win a game they were supposed to win against Jacksonville, and it cost them yeah. for making the playoffs. And I would also add, like Jalen Hurts, I, I think that's an interesting point that you bring up, Jody, is that he did play well in those games, and that was without a key part of his game, which is the dual threat runner. He ran for almost 800 yards and 10 touchdowns. That's a pretty big part of his game True. that he really didn't rely on to win those games. So if anything, is that a positive? to go into the season is, hey, he won some games without that part of his game being a factor. Yeah, and, you know, that, that look, right? we know where the Giants and the and – the, uh, what were they called last year? The Washington the football, football team. team. Yeah, we know where they were at that point of the season. They weren't good opponents, but the Eagles deserve credit for taking care of business. And that's why everybody went into the playoffs so hype, and then it was like, oh, you're, you're like 10 minutes into the game. This is different. It's not going to be that way against Tampa Bay. And it wasn't that way against Tampa Bay. And, you know, the the key to the Eagles this year is they want improvement from that, right? So you look, you have an easy schedule on paper, at least. Um, you made the playoffs last year. You've added A.J. Brown. You've added uh, Jordan Davis, Hassan Reddick, James Bradbury, N'Kobe Dean, Kaiser White. This should be a better football team, right? So if it's not, who's going to get the blame? Well, it's going to be Jalen Hurts, number one. <laughs> then maybe Jonathan Gannon, number two. Yeah. And interestingly, Nick Sirianni's number three. That's my next question, Mike. 
You think Nick's skating under the radar a little bit? Everybody's like, Nick's fine. We're worried about Jalen Hurts and Jonathan Gannon. Oh, that's a good question. It's funny because I was going to chime in and say, usually it's Roseman. Everybody likes to blame him, but how can you praise him and then in the same season say, it's always Roseman's fault? I mean, so is he absolved of any blame this season? I would think he is. I, I People think the roster, I mean, Peter King's got him top 10, right? Uh, well, a couple know. of years ago when they went out and got Darius Slay and, you know, they, they were going for it. I mean, people liked what they did then, and then it turned into a disaster. They had injuries all over the place, and it was, you know, he, Roseman's the worst. He's got to be fired. But it's interesting that he didn't make your list of three guys because he's the default yeah, guy. Yeah, I don't even think about how he because... Right, it's funny. Yeah. But think about that. So Sirianni, you're right. I don't hear much like – do we like this guy? Do we not like this guy? Do we think he did a good job? Somebody asked me, like, does he need to do a better job of making adjustments? And I thought they threw the ball more than anybody in the league almost last year, and then they ran the ball more. than. Isn't that an adjustment right yeah. there, realizing I don't have the horses? So I feel like even if the front office was saying, you got to throw the ball, he at least showed, I don't care. I'm going to run the ball if I have to. So that makes me feel like he's got some voice in there, but – where would he be on the pantheon of? Uh, that's a, I, I would say that if the team is struggling and he and, and they and they're failing, he would have to be a part of that, right? And yeah. John well, Gannon, by the way, yeah, John I mean, Gannon, by the way, Les Bowen asked him a question I thought was very interesting. He said, "Well, you got all these new pieces, and uh, maybe you'll now call defenses that you wanted that you couldn't do last year." Nah, I think I can do. I was like, you had an out here to say, yeah, you're right. We didn't have the personnel. We tried. It didn't really work. We hope to have – but – so John Gannon would almost have to be on this list as well because the defense yeah. was so criticized yeah. last year. He's got all these new pieces that are seemingly what he wants, and I would think if the defense struggles, he's got to be at the top of that list. Which gets me back to my hypothetical question of earlier. You guys both made it sound like 0% chance. I'm not going to put it at zero. Nick Sirianni did show last year. Then when things are going bad, he's not only willing to change, he's willing to change drastically. Go to a run-dominated offense when for the first however many weeks they were one of the most pass-happy teams in the National Football League. We got to do what we got to do to win games. And if that means Gardner Minshew under center, now it, it has to be a very specialized situation. The percentage chance of this happening is minimal. It's not zero. If Hertz is not playing well and they're right there as a 500 team, not with an easy schedule, at least it looks on paper, to yeah. start the season, I'm telling you, there's there's a possibility that they go Gardner to the red rescue. I would be pretty surprised, but okay, I won't give it zero. I'll go up to like nine. Nine percent? I think, I think All ten. Right. All Get right. it up I'm, to ten I'm and you not... and I can be together, Gil. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go two percent uh, because I always like to leave the door slightly ajar. I do not think the Eagles think Gardner Minshew is a top tier starting quarterback. I think they think he's a very good backup, and I agree with them. I think he's a very good backup. I think he's a yeah. top five backup, but I don't want him starting for a long term. And I think the Eagles kind of understand that, and that's why when Gardner you know, beat the Jets. And by the way, he was pretty stinking good against the Jets. But as Jet, as Joshua pointed out, 
as a Jets fan, and he can do it. That's just the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He walked in and God bless him, Gardner Minshew, because he got confidence in himself, in himself, walked into Nick Sirianni's offense, office, and said, hey, what do I got to do to win this job? And Nick said, hey, slow down, buddy. We're not, we're not starting you. Um, And by the way, it's rare that a coach will do that. They try to protect their players. You just mentioned Jonathan Gannon. When Les asked him that question, Jonathan Gannon was protecting his players from last year. Yeah, he's going to do a bunch of different stuff because he's got he uh, better. a whole bunch of horses. Um, Nick was like, no, nah, uh-uh, not, in, not even thinking about it. I don't think – and, and I bring up the Baker Mayfields again, Mike, in the, in the Jimmy Garoppolo's. They don't think they're better options than Jalen Hurts. They're certainly not going to wake up one day and say, hey, maybe we got to go Gardner Minshew. That's where I am. Yeah, I, I the Minshew thing, again, like when I think of the Eagles and the way they look at their backup, it's if our starter gets hurt, somebody who can keep our season afloat, who can not a guy who can replace our starter, not someone who's going to come in and basically, you know, change the outcome of our season because he's a – you know, like I, I – I know everybody likes the backup quarterback, and he's a likable guy. You know, he's got the bomber oh, jacket, the Fu Manchu. He's smoking. Yeah. He's uh, hugging his dad. It's a great guy to get around. But I think if you're turning to that, you're in desperate times. Nine percent. Nine percent. There's Boston strong. There's Philly strong. There's Carson strong. strong. Yeah. And then there's Carson strong. And if yeah. he comes in and he can spin it better than anybody else. In the 42-minute workout sessions the Eagles are going to have this offseason, just remember that name. I'm and that's why people need to be there this week, to see what that kid that's looks right. like. That's right. Exactly. I want to see Gil. what that knee looks like. I want to see what that arm strength, how that ball comes out of his hand a little differently than the other guys. All right. That Mike Gill show on Twitter, host of the Sports Bash every day, Monday through Friday, 2 to 6 on 97.3. ESPN down the shore, Mike Gill, you know I can't let you leave. Your buddy, Bill Brooks, AWA World Heavy AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Did you get a text? Did you text him? Did you say congratulations, CM no. Punk? No, you know what? I, I gotta be honest, man. I have not really watched a lot of either in a while. Now, I did know that he was uh in the, the main event. But that was on like this night of game seven. Yeah, so it was game seven. Yeah. I missed yeah. all that. Didn't work out. Yeah. No, I actually, um, there was something that came across. I meant to text him the other day and I kind of got lost in the sauce. His name well, came up. Well, he's big time now. He's the world champ. He's not going to answer your text. Now. He does. He has gotten back to me <laughs> in, in why he's been, you know, when I last texted him is when he was in that whole uh, thing with Eddie Kingston, I was asking him like, what's your beef with this dude, man? It was like, just like legit. <laughs> yeah. He shouldn't, uh, CM Punk shouldn't be reaching out to you. He should be reaching out to McMullen because McMullen talked the belt off uh, hangman Adam. Page. Yes. He's been calling him not up to championship yeah. standards. For I, I did. I saw you getting in on. I I guess this MJF thing is like uh, he's trying to pull like yeah, a Brian. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, he's trying to he's trying to work everybody. I want to have the time to get back into it. I just don't have the time. Yeah, I hear you. I think I'm still trying on... to get the wrestling podcast off the ground. 
I think I, they I have, have putting on better shows than the WWE these days. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised that Johnny Mac hasn't come along. He's still uh, pretty tough <laughs> on his buddy, yeah. Mr. Khan. Uh, I think their shows have been pretty damn good. Hey, it's fun. You said the wrestling podcast. That, see, that I have time for. I, I actually just started a new podcast. I'm re- I recorded on Wednesdays. It drops on Thursdays. It's called The Announcer Schedules. We talk about the announcer and all the different announcers who are doing all the different games and yada 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 so we have all these announcers who follow us now and they're you know they actually are looking to try to get on the podcast i should do the wrestling podcast and see go. if uh, that yeah. gains any track i said i don't have any time but i'm willing to take on more projects all right well we'll, well get it because i can get tony khan on the show that'll be a that'll be a big that'll be i could get cm game. punk on the show there we Very go good uh, I I get Bruno San Martino on, but he's no longer with us. Uh, <laughs> Mike Gill, always a pleasure, buddy. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks. And uh, next time, you don't have to wear a tie either. No, I just I had to let my hair dry a little bit before I put my hat on, so my hair sets nice for the day. You guys should try it. Never mind. <laughs> very good. All right, Mike. Well Gill, done. Thanks. Well Thank done. Thank you very much. The sports bash down at your Mike Gill here with us on. Birds 365. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. Uh, we've got Zach Berman of The Athletics going to join us next hour. So there's no reason for you to not stream right here on Birds 365. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. to bring you closer to your world. 
Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go, oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. J-Mac and J-Mac here with you on Birds 365. John McMullen, Johnny McDonald hanging with you. We thank Mike Gill for hanging with us. Uh, Gill always brings the heat when he jumps aboard, as does Zach Berman uh, from The Athletic, who's scheduled to join us in less than 20 minutes. Looking forward to talking to Zach. Uh, and again, for the Jalen Hurts devotee club out there, I'm with you. I'm not rooting for Jalen Hurts to, to lose his job. I like Jalen Hurts. I was one of few here in this town. Everyone got wise to it uh, down the road. The night of the draft when the Eagles picked him, I said, hey, that's not a bad value pick. And if he's the backup quarterback behind Carson Wentz at a reduced rate than most backup quarterbacks make, that's a good pick by Howie Roseman. About 98% of the Delaware Valley was against the Jalen Hurts pick. I was one of the 2% who said, I see what Howie Roseman is doing. Now, I didn't think Carson Wentz was going to fall apart and Jalen Hurts was going to be the starter in year one by the end of the year, but that's the way it played out. So I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts. I hope Jalen Hurts is all that and a bag of chips and becomes the Eagles franchise quarterback. I'm just trying to show the possibility that if things go badly with Hurts, the Eagles aren't just going to blindly, loyally stay in Jalen Hurts' court, if they if they really did believe it, as you yourself have said, Johnny Mac, they wouldn't have even inquired on Deshaun Watson. They wouldn't yeah, but have... I, I I think the question is bigger in the fact that and and Mike brought this up a little bit, Jody. I think people um, don't understand not you know not everyone, but the landscape moving forward. The landscape moving forward changes the decision making because. It's not about the Eagles are fine paying Jalen Hurts what they're paying him right now uh, to to for for what he produced until they can get that superstar quarterback. In fact, they love it. You know, two million dollars, a little bit less actually. Um, yeah, that's that's fine. We'll we'll pay that. Go to the playoffs, and you know maybe we got a chance to win a game. Maybe you don't, like last year, but that's okay. And and you keep looking down the road. You kick the tires. Hey, Russell Wilson, come on, come to Philadelphia. Sierra will love it. All right, he said no. Deshaun Watson, come to Philadelphia. Um, they're probably lucky they didn't get to make that decision. To be honest, uh, didn't work out. And we're fine with Jalen Hurts. We'll bring it back. But once you start moving forward, you have to make that decision. 
that again starts at the bare minimum, bare minimum, and are probably being kind thirty million a year instead of two million. Well, that changes. They're not fine paying that to a quarterback that's good enough to get to the playoffs or maybe win a playoff game. At that point, you got to turn it over with a younger quarterback, and that's where the draft comes in. And you keep going through that process until you get the Aaron Rodgers, the Russell Wilson, the superstar quarterback. Um, That's what changes the dynamic, the money. How far can you go with Jalen Hurts? And people say, well, he's got one more year, and you're right, and then you can franchise tag him on top of that. But again, I'd like to say that's laboratory stuff. That's assuming that the player is going to sit in a chair. And look, Jalen Hurts has not been a diva. He's not been the type to create ways. He's been the exact opposite. But I think people just assuming that he's going to sit there Remember, because we're talking about a quarterback that made the playoffs in his first year as a starter, that was a Pro Bowl or alternate, that has an agent in his ear that's saying, you know, hey, Jalen, you're pretty good. You're pretty good. You deserve this. You deserve that. This is what this quarterback makes. Why aren't you making this? To assume he's going to sit there and say, oh, okay, I'm good. I'm not, I'm good playing for two million. I'm good playing for the franchise tag. That's laboratory stuff. That's not real world stuff. So, but you're, you're taking the laboratory even further down the road than I am. You're helping to make my argument for me. Eagles are three and four. Having gone through the easier part of their schedule, they went out and got AJ Brown this offseason. They went out and got Hassan Reddick. They're winning games. 17 13, but they are three and four. You don't think they pull the plug on Jalen Hurts, knowing no. full well that they're at a position that uh they, they don't want to be stuck in the middle with Jalen Hurts. I I think it would have to be a Carson Wentz level of ineffectiveness in his last year when they went to Jalen Hurts. I think it would be that level of ineffectiveness. Um, yeah, if if that happened, sure. Uh, but it would have to be that level. And part of it is, I don't think they think as much as Gardner Minshew as a potential starter as they did Jalen Hurts as a potential starter, if that makes sense as well. Um, they like him as a backup. They want him as a backup. If Jalen Hurts sprains his ankle like he uh, did against the Giants and Gardner Minshew's got to come in against the Jets. They're very happy, and they think he can win a game. And he did win a game, even even though they were supposed to win the game, and you can make all the excuses about the Jets you want. He played very well, and he did exactly what he was supposed to do. But even though Jalen wasn't 100%, he was right back on the field the next week um, because they think he's a better player. And I don't think that's changing with Gardner Minshew, if there were a different quarterback, if Carson Strong, we joke about it, you know, if Carson Strong proves to be what people thought he was at the beginning of this draft process as a guy who might be a first round pick way back when, if he, if he proves everybody got it wrong and he's that level of prospect, maybe that changes things, but I don't think Gardner Minshew changes things. If that makes sense. 
if I'm explaining that correctly. It does. Um, so I just looked up, I had forgotten. Maybe you just try and remove certain things from your memory when they're not things you really want to remember. I had to double check on how bad Carson Wentz was since you said it's got to be Carson Wentz bad for them to even consider replacing Jalen Hurts. <laughs> um, Carson had 15, 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, completing under 60% of his passes, 57.4, and a quarterback ranking of 72.8. Damn, and he did suck. Holy mackerel. Yeah. I don't that even remember worst. it is that bad. He, it's he worse was, on paper than it was on the field. He was the worst starting quarterback in the NFL that season. He was he was a disaster. Um, and I still and he, can't explain it to this day. Attitude about it. He was yeah. like so put off that he was replaced. What the hell? You were the worst. John McBone just said it. You were the worst quarterback in the league. The team's got every right to say, hey, cop a squad, Carson. And by the way, they went with him probably longer than they should have. That's I mean, I they gave, they still deferred to him because of, of what he did for the organization previously um, before they finally pulled the plug. And, you know, Doug didn't want to pull the plug. He felt he had to. Which, by the way, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence singing the praises. I guess they're putting in some work down here in Jacksonville, but we might not putting putting as much work here in Philadelphia. I bet you the media's there. And by the way, I don't know if I can get Tony Khan. The media, the the media in Jacksonville. What is that? Two guys? Yeah. Well, one Mike K's gone. A lot of Mike K. I'd like to get my Mike K references here. Mike used to cover the Jaguars. It's been a while since he did, and I'm not sure that anybody does anymore. But that's okay for Doug because he can fly under the radar this year, except they are coming in here to Philadelphia week number four. So, yeah, the the attention will be ratcheted back up on Doug Peterson. But apparently so far all is kumbaya with he and uh, Trevor Lawrence, and uh, I think he will elevate Trevor Lawrence's game because Trevor Lawrence, to me, was a big-time uh, disappointment. Speaking of disappointment, Johnny Mac, you know, uh, we've been saying this for two weeks running now. Tis the season to have lists. And you and I both are fans of pro football focus. Sometimes their rankings and lists and numbers <clears throat> perplex me because I believe I know what I see when I watch teams play and watch players play. Sometimes their uh, lists and rankings are uh, exactly what I see and I think they have a way of compiling their things. I think they're pretty darn good, um, but not perfect. Pro Football Focus ranked safeties in the National Football League. And much like a lot of these lists we get in this time of the year, there are tiers, there are descriptions to them. Uh, in case you didn't see it, Pro Football's uh, focuses safety rankings. They have 13 guys that they call free safeties. And I think we all understand what that means. Uh, not guys who are expected to come up and stop the run. You got to eventually, but um, one guy is more dedicated to closer to the line of scrimmage, quote unquote, in the box. The free is the guy who moves around more. It's got a chance more often to pick off a pass. Uh, so they ranked 13 free safeties. They ranked five box safeties. Those are the strong safety guys you are expecting to come up and specifically play the run, get a lot of tackles over the course of a year. They had seven matchup safeties specifically against wide receivers in the slot. If you're playing safety, but the team's going three wide receivers and you're almost always covering an individual in the slot, that's uh, another group of safeties. And then they have seven 
all around safeties who could either be in the box, could be free, could be uh, in slot coverage. Uh, they do a little bit of everything. So be it. Uh, when you add up all of those categories, there are 32 safeties that they ranked. Uh, 13 free, five in the box, five matchup slot, five all around. How many of those 32 do you think are Eagle safeties? Oh, zero. I, I, I haven't seen it, but I'm pretty confident it's going to be a big zero. That would be correct. Uh, neither Anthony Harris and or Epsi made the top 32 safeties. Yeah, in nor the should they. I mean, nor should I think Marcus Epps has some potential to be, and he would be in that from what you were describing, and I haven't seen the list, but he would be in the coverage uh, free safety tier. Um, he's a center fielder, so to speak. And I don't know who they have in that tier, but I would think it would be you know, Marcus Williams, who just signed with Baltimore and the Eagles had interest in. Uh, that's he's that type of safety. Uh, 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 the kid in Tennessee, uh, who's really good. I forget his name offhand. Uh, Kevin Bayard. Uh, right. Uh, he, he's really good. Devin McCourty's getting older, but he's really good at it for the Patriots, that type of safety. Um, Antoine Winfield Jr., he's that type of safety. Uh, he's tremendous. Um, that that would be the category Epps is in. He's got potential. Um, and by the way, one of the problems with the Eagles right now is Anthony Harris would also be in that. And by the way, he, once when he, when he was – making pro bowls and getting franchise tax, he would have been, you know, top 10 in that category. Uh, but he's just not the same player. Did he get, he, did he get the franchise tag slapped on him? Oh yeah. Anthony Harris. Yeah. He was one of the best safeties in football uh, uh, for a couple years. Uh, you know, part of that probably had to do with playing next to Harrison Smith, who's going to, going to go to the hall of fame. Uh, and I would think, all around safety. I don't know if he was number one because he's getting older, but I guarantee you they have him near the top still. Um, so I don't know how much of it was uh, him playing next to Harrison Smith, but he was he was really good for a couple years, and he got the franchise tag. Yeah, and now he's paying for two and a half million. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I remember him being good, not to the level of franchise tag good at safety. I'm uh, taking you at you where uh, your word there, but uh, I give you the guys they had ranked uh, coverage slash free safety uh, safeties. Um, Bayard, who you mentioned, Antonio Winfield, Marcus Williams, Jesse Bates. Justin Simmons, Quandre Diggs. Oh, uh, yeah, I should have mentioned Justin Simmons. Yeah, he's really good. Quandre Diggs, Javon uh, Holland, Minka Fitzpatrick. I think Minka's better than number eight, but that's just me. Uh, Marcus May, my ex-Jet, Devin McCourty, Jordan Fuller, Xavier McKinney, and Trevor Mooring of the Raiders. I'm not all that familiar with Mooring's play, but they, that this is what Pro Football Focus does. Uh, strong safety box guys. Buda Baker, Jordan Whitehead, Jets, 
big addition to the Jets this year coming out of uh, Tampa Bay. Jamal Adams. Oh, is that rubbing a little salt in the wounds? Putting the new Jet safety one ahead of the old Jeff safety, Jamal Adams. <laughs> he needs a category into himself. There's the free safety. There's the box safety. There's the matchup against the slot safety. And then there's the rush to quarterback safety. Jamal Adams is the best in the National Football League at that. I don't know if he could cover Johnny Mack, but he can actually get to the quarterback. Uh, Adrian Phillips of New England and Von Bell of Cincinnati. And then the matchup slot, Derwin James, Tyron Matthew, number two, Jimmy Ward from San Francisco, Jeremy Chin, Panthers, Donald Savage of the Packers, Kyle Duggar of the Patriots, and Javon Kurtz of the Cowboys. So we add them all up, 32 safeties, none of which are Philadelphia Eagles. Is that a position at Howie Where the Moore? hell, can I ask where the hell Smith was and the Buffalo guys? And um, they're not in any of the rankings? Mm, not seeing any Bills safeties. Uh, oh, uh, all around tier. Uh, Amos, Harrison Smith, second Vikings. Micah Hyde, Bills. Uh, Jordan Poirier. So they they were in the all around. Oh well, yeah, that's the most combination. That, they, they, yeah, that they, that's the a, most that's the most important sticking part. All around, yeah, those guys should be top five, and they did have them top five. But there are some, yeah, those are some weird rankings. I don't agree with their categories. Like to me, like all around to me is the best safeties, and you got to put guys like. Simmons and Winfield in that group as well. Uh, there are certain guys I've, I've said that from the start about Marcus Williams, like he's a strict center fielder. Um, and, and Jamal Adams, that's a strict box safety. As you mentioned, Jody, there are guys who are very, you know, specific, uh, to what they can do. Right. Um, whereas guys like, like Smith and yeah, Amos is, had a really good year probably hasn't done it as long well definitely hasn't done it as long but he's a good player um and and both of those buffalo safeties have been really good now for for a number of years to me that's more important the guys who could do everything and uh yeah right, those are kind of weird categories added added value well i i understand the way they did it specifically free cover guys, not going to ask them to go up and play tackles, specifically box guys who might be a little bit of an issue if they got to cover somebody, specifically slot guys who are going to be cover guys uh, and they're on the field in addition to other safeties, but you know they're in there because they can cover. And then it's the best of the bunch, which are the all-around guys. Can move them around, can play them as box, can play them as free, can do what you want with them. Uh, yeah, so they broke them down into four different categories. I'm with you. The all-around player is probably the most uh, valuable safety. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk safety. We'll talk quarterbacks. We'll talk wide receivers. We'll talk coaching. We'll talk about limited practice with our next guest, who will join John McMullen at some time this week down at the Novacare Complex. Uh, from the Athletic, Zach Berman's going to jump aboard with us here on Birds 365. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the odds. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. 
Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. News, we cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You got your Mac and Mac guys, John McCone and Jordan McDonald, joined by one of the best. He covers the Eagles day in and day out for the Athletic. Always good to talk to him. And he's got a collared shirt on. Uh, no tie, but a collared shirt. We appreciate that. Uh, well-dressed Zach Berman joins us here on Birds 365. How's your summer going, ZB? Hey, it's going great with the heavy hitters this morning. So I had, uh, had to get dressed up, right? Happy to be on. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it, Zach. Um a big week for the Eagles, at least, and and obviously before the lull, we get the OTAs. We've talked about it a little bit with you, the scale back and the OTA work. And uh, this year, even more when you think about team drills, no team drills. It's seven on sevens, according to Nick Sirianni. Um, just sort of thought process with with the organization as a whole, because I think it's more than Nick sort of this cost-benefit analysis of staying as healthy as possible while also preparing. Where do you think the Eagles have fallen league-wide with this? Do you think they're kind of ahead of the curve? Uh, they typically tend to be there in these types of situations. 
And you look at last season and people point, well, they look great week one in Atlanta, but, you know, then it was two and five to start. So we have some data, so to speak, in this argument. Where do you kind of see the Eagles in, in, in this thought process? Well, they're certainly outliers around the league. When you look at the fact that they're not taking their full allotment of OTAs, they're not even holding mandatory minicamp, they're not doing 11-on-11s like you said. Uh, Nick Sirianni very much believes in in fundamental work and in, in individual work, and and there's validity to that. I I don't think the lack of OTAs, the lack of mandatory minicamp, will have a material effect on the season. If there's anyone that it affects, it frankly affects players 40 to 90 on the roster, if, if you will, the guys who probably won't get, or I shouldn't say probably won't get as many full team reps during the season. They're on scout team during the season. And this is really a chance for, for them to get a lot of the work for the players that your viewers really care about. This won't affect them and it will, it'll frankly help them and it'll go over well with them. Uh, I, I've never met a football coach who, who doesn't want to have more practice time, right? The flip side is I don't overstate this. I think back to 2017, this time of the year, Nick Foles was um, out in California. I, I, I believe with his, 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 his wife was preparing to give birth during the training camp period. He did not really participate. He was uh, nursing an injury and we really didn't know what Foles was going into that year. And he turns out to be the Super Bowl MVP, right? So he, he did not need the offseason program. Um, it's different player by player. There are um, there are benefits, but I don't think if they play well in September, it's because they didn't have OTAs. And if they play poorly in September, it's not because of OTAs either. All right, so you're not putting much emphasis. I guess I'm putting a little bit more, but that's why we like varying opinions. I need your opinion on this. I got to give credit to my partner, John McMullen, because this time last year on Birds 365, I continue to ask him, are the Eagles going to go in with these two cornerbacks to start the season? And Johnny Max said, there's still time, Jody. They, they're going to add another cornerback. They're going to get another cornerback. And I'm, I'm waiting. And we waited and waited and waited. And in July, Stephen Nelson finally got done. So kudos to Howie Roseman. And John had confidence. Are the Eagles two starting safeties not practicing in OTAs this week? Uh, are they on the roster? Are they in green yet? Or will there be another starting caliber safety added to the mix before the Eagles kick off uh, this season? Well, at least one is in green. Anthony Harris is going to be a, a starting safety. They brought him back to be a starting safety. I would think that if 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 you were uh, betting at the Ocean Casino right now, I would bet on, on Marcus Epps being the starting safety. Now, like John was saying, Howie Roseman is opportunistic, right? I mean – he didn't go into the offseason saying James Bradbury is going to be their starting cornerback. But after the draft, when they had a need and they had cap space, they were well positioned to do so. I keep bringing up uh, 2017. They saw what their corners were during training camp. They went and they traded for Ronald Darby. I think the Eagles are going to give Marcus Epps a chance to win this job. I uh, if, if there is concern there or if Harris goes down with an injury – the Eagles could trade for safety. I wouldn't rule out, you know, a, a team that has a surplus, whether it's Baltimore with Chuck Clark or something like that, for the, for them to be opportunistic. 
But I, I don't think they have designs right now to make a major splash at safety. I think they'll see what's out there. Yeah, and it, and it's interesting because I kind of compare it to the cornerback situation. And I want to get your thoughts on this, Zach, because every time a microphone showed up, uh, the Eagles were were really high on Zach McPherson and, and Tay Gowan and Kerry Vincent Jr. And all of a sudden, uh, James Bradbury becomes available. He becomes an Eagle. People forget Jimmy Moreland is here as well. They picked him up on off waivers. So, obviously – it's that old adage of uh, don't listen to what they say, watch what they do. I do get a feeling they value Marcus Epps more than the outside world thinks they do. Am I wrong or, or right on that? Uh, no, you are correct. They, they think Marcus Epps in this system has, has more value than probably the outside world does. Now I will say this going into the off season, I think they viewed upgrading at safety more of a priority than upgrading at cornerback. I do yeah. think they were genuine in what they were saying about those second-year corners. Uh, the James Bradbury thing, that that was them being opportunistic, like I said. I mean, if, if, if you look at, at <laughs> what they did, they went hard after Marcus Williams. They liked Marcus Williams quite a bit. They didn't go into free agency prioritizing cornerback. Uh, it just so happened that a corner was there that they liked and the price was, and, and, and the price was right. So they do like those, those second year corners, but I, I think they're intrigued by Marcus Epps. And I, I think that, that given the way um, they want to play defense, Jonathan Gannon has, has, has certain, has certain uh, requirements, if you will, for safety and Epps fills them, but make no mistake. They went into this offseason thinking about making a splash at safety and they would still do one if the right player was there. All right, Zach, uh, we discussed this in hour number one. I need your, your uh, point of view on this one and I'll frame it a little bit differently than I did in hour one. This from the uh, hope for the best prepare for the worst uh, page. How bad would Jalen hurts have to be to be replaced by Gardner Minshew as the Eagles starting quarterback this year? It would have to be disastrous for that to happen, right? Like the, the season would have to be in peril. Uh, Jalen Hurts has a very, very long leash on this job. He is, it, it would, it would really surprise me if he is replaced for performance reasons at any point this season. I, I, I think they are committed to giving Jalen Hurts a chance to win this job. Um, and it would have to be so obvious, not just to all of us, but to them, for them to make a move. Yeah, I, it would have to be Carson-like when Jalen took over. It mm -hmm. would have to be that level of performance before they would even think about. And, hey, go back to last year, Zach, uh, when Jalen gets hurt against the Giants and Gardner shows up against the Jets and everybody says it's the Jets, but he played really, really well in that game. Mm -hmm. And he knocked on Nick Sirianni's door and said, hey, what do I got to do to be the starter of this team? And Nick basically said, no, no, that's not, not an option. Jalen Hurts is our starter. Um, so I'm with you. There's no way he's losing this job from a performance standpoint. Um, but I do look long term. And, and I do think people 
don't understand how quickly the decision is coming long term because when two million a year turns into 30 plus million a year, that to me is the real decision. The the Eagles to me are fine with playing paying Jalen Hurts uh for the level that he played at last season, which was pretty good. Pro Bowl alternate made the playoffs. But for 30 plus million, that's where they want the Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or that type of talented player. If you're going to get into that range of the salary, does that decision have to be made after this season? Because he's got one year left on his contract still. But despite the work ethic, despite the fact that Jalen Hurts has never been a diva, he's going to have people in his ear if he plays well again. He's got an agent. He's going to say, uh, you deserve this. Look at what so-and-so is making. Do the Eagles have to make that decision after the season because of the finances more than anything else? I don't think they 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 need to. I mean, I think, frankly, it will be a, a good outcome for the Eagles if if they're in a position where that's even a debate. Uh, but, no, I mean, given the fact that there's a franchise tag available to them, it, it, they don't need to make that decision. They can kick the can down the road one more year. Now, I, I don't think you want to be in a situation where your quarterback is playing on the tag year in, year or I shouldn't say year in, year out, for a year, for two years, like Washington had with Kirk Cousins a few years ago, right? Yeah. Um, so I I, I – but I, I think the possibility of the tag, the, the low cost of his salary, they're, they're not forced to make that decision going into year four unless he forces the issue. Um, that said, I, I think more of the question is whether they view next year as a chance to act. If, if, if they seek an upgrade or if, if they commit to him again. If they commit to him again, I think that is uh, – that's fairly telling that he's someone they truly believe they can build around because with the assets they have next year, they're going to have the opportunity. Again, if they want to draft a quarterback, if they want to trade for a quarterback, they're going to have the chance to do that, and you don't have that chance every year. I uh, have to start this question with the prerequisite assuming health qualifier. Assuming everyone being healthy, which with some of these guys, that may be a bit of a stretch, but assuming everyone's healthy, if you've got four or five guys, I think five would be the max you could do, who would be potential starting right guards for the Philadelphia Eagles, give us the percentage of who's the opening day starter. And oh, by the way, the Eagles have not been the kind of team that is use guys to jump in for a couple of plays like you rotate on the defensive line. They don't rotate on the offensive line. Guys stay healthy. They stay in for the entire year. Uh, turn back the clock to 2017 when I kept the guys together on the field for the entire season and went ahead and won a Super Bowl. Put those guys who are potentially, I don't really think it's a competition. I'm a big Isaac fan. Uh, but uh, those who do believe there will be a competition at right guard, run them down for his percentage-wise as to who's sure. going to start for the Eagles. I would say Isaac Sayamalu at 60%, Jack Driscoll at 35%, Cam Jurgens at 5%. Wow. Um, right. I, I, I think uh, it's Isaac's job to lose. I think Jack Driscoll they're very intrigued by, and you can make the argument that he's the better option both short-term and long-term. Um, but I, I think they also see value in Driscoll as 
a versatile sixth lineman, and he would really need to force the issue. He would need to be better than Isaac this summer to be the starter. I think uh, uh, given the the experience Isaac has, given the respect that he has in that room, he'll have the chance to win that job. It would really surprise me if it's Cam Jurgens, right? Like I, I don't think it's it's, it's going to be Cam Jurgens, but I think they're going to prepare him because he'll have a gate. He could have a game day role that um, if there's an injury, he could slide over. So I, I think they'll prepare him for that. Other than then, the competition's really between say Amalu and Driscoll. I think Sua Opeta is more of a left guard at this point. Um, and, and so I, I, I would think either Isaac or Jack for that spot. And and I would make Isaac the, the, the heavy favorite. If, if Driscoll was to win the job, uh, Zach, similar to last year when it was Andre Dillard versus Jordan Mailata and they went back and forth each day and it became pretty clear that Jordan was, was lapping Andre, then he got injured and, and the rest is history. If Jack just goes in there and seizes the job, um, not necessarily that Isaac played that poorly. It's just that Jack Driscoll plays that well. A lot of people said because of Isaac's salary, uh, he can't be a backup. Um, does his versatility, though, play into that? Because this is a guy who can play everywhere. Yeah. He played right tackle as a rookie. He can play center. Stout would say that's maybe his best position long-term when he first started. Obviously, he's played left guard. He can play every position on the offensive line. Does that help him? Absolutely, and, and that's a good point. And, and frankly, John, behind the scenes, there was a point, trying to get my years right here, either 2016 or, or 2017, when the Eagles kind of thought that Isaac's best long-term, you know, his, his, his future – would be as that versatile sixth guy who can step in um, at any point in a game and play multiple spots. Um, there was a, a thought that's the best way to use him. In, in particular, in 2017, when he when he lost that job um, to uh, to Wisniewski, Steve, right? Uh, Wisniewski, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, no, I I don't think his contract at this point in the year is prohibitive for him to be a backup. Um, I mean, certainly I, I don't think there would be an extension, you know, after this year if he's the backup. Uh, but if if he's your sixth guy, that's fine. Um, and I, I I think uh, they would I, – th- I think they would frankly welcome that. When you look at the history of injuries on the offensive line, it's good to have someone who's, who's that versatile. I still think he gets the chance to start. I'll give you another offensive line hypothetical. Um, Isaac wins the right guard position, which is what I believe is going to happen. So Driscoll is a key backup. Week two, Lane Johnson goes down. Do they just plug Driscoll in or do they think about doing what they did at part times last year, flipping my over to the right side and plugging Andre Dillard in at left, which scenario is more likely? That's a really good question, Jody. I, I would think Driscoll, at right tackle in that spot, you you paid Jordan. Now you paid Jordan last year too, but I think he I think he should be settled in on the left side. Um, Andre Dillard, it would he's he's still somebody who if there is an injury somewhere else in training camp, Andre Dillard would be a valuable trade piece. He's in the last year of his deal. 
Uh, now, the, the complication is the Eagles really don't have a backup left tackle if they traded Andre Dillard. You're probably looking then at LaRaven Clark as, as your option. So you're counting on Jordan to stay healthy. And I, I know last year, for instance, around the trade deadline, the Eagles really valued having quality depth on the offensive line, maybe more so than that draft pick. Um, but with a full training camp, maybe to develop a backup left tackle or to see what you have there, I think it's it's probably more likely that the Eagles could use Dillard as a trade chip than move Jordan Mailata to, to right tackle just to get by for a, a, a week or two or three. Uh, it is June 1st, Zach, and you're well-versed on, on all the intricacies, and there are a lot of them when it comes to the NFL calendar. This is a somewhat of a big day, not as big as it once was, but already the Eagles get a little more salary cap relief with Fletcher Cox when they reworked his deal, Brandon Brooks' retirement, a few other things. But um, how big is that day? Does this make things easier to maybe make some of those moves you're talking about, whether Sky's leaving Andre Dillard, Jalen Rager, potentially um, on the trade market or guys coming back. A lot of people, we talked about safety, a lot of pie in the sky hopes for uh, a Jesse Bates or somebody of that nature. The Eagles wouldn't have had the room on May 31st for Jesse Bates. Now they have the room because if you trade, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. He's got to sign his franchise tender. You got to make that trade. You got to fit him under your cap. Then you can work out the extension. So even if it's 10 seconds and you have the extension, you got to be able to fit that original deal under the cap. So how much more malleable does June 1st make things for the Eagles? Yeah, they they certainly have 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 more flexibility now. I mean, they've been anticipating this and preparing for it. It's 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 not like Jake Rosenberg and Bryce Johnston woke up this morning, put their hands in their pocket, and found twenty dollars, right? Like <laughs> like you know they they knew this was coming, and and, and so uh, so I would say that uh, yeah, they they have the flexibility if they if they want to make a move. Obviously, Jesse Bates is the biggest name out there. It would surprise me a bit uh, given you know, what it would cost in terms of trade compensation and then in terms of salary and given the fact that the Bengals were in the Super Bowl last year, but the Bengals can be very tough in these contract negotiations as, as we've seen historically. Uh, I, I know the Eagles like to have a buffer for in-season injuries, number one, and carryover money, number two, right? That's that's something that's important to them. They, they don't want to be tight against the cap going into the offseason, right? They 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 want to have some of that carryover money. So uh and you know they 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 want to be nimble. I, I keep using the word opportunistic. They traded for Golden Tate in 2018. They traded for Jay Ajayi in 2017. They want to be in position that if if it's Halloween and they're a contender, they can go out and, and, and make a trade. So uh yeah I, I think you always leave the door open for an exceptional player. And I think Jesse Bates is an exceptional player, but I think more than likely this, this money is used as insurance money than as, all right, go get him money. All right, Zach, which of the Eagles 2020 mid round draft picks will unfortunately have inactive typed in after his name more often this year, Kayvon Wallace or Davion Taylor? <laughs> uh, well, given the depth charts right now, I, I would have to say Davion Taylor, right? Because 
The Eagles are thin at safety depth. I mean, Kayvon Wallace goes into the year. It's him or Jared Maiden as, uh, or, well, I guess Andre Chachere too, as, as, as your number three safety. Um, so I, I think it's more likely Davion Taylor is inactive because the Eagles run, you know, five deep already at linebacker. Um, you know, and Sean Bradley is certainly going to be up for special teams. Now they like Davion Taylor for special teams and Michael Clay has been using more linebackers on, on special teams. Uh, so I'm, I'm thinking out, out loud here, but of the two, I'd probably say Davion Taylor because of the linebacker depth relative to the safety depth. All right, Zach, hopefully we're going to get to see some seven on sevens later yeah. this week. So uh, what are you most intrigued by how Nick Sirianni is going to work in the receivers in that third sort of Quez Watkins, Zach Pascal, how much opportunity is Jalen Rager going to get versus how Jonathan Gannon's going to handle things on the back end, specifically for me, who's going to be those coverage linebackers? Is is it going to be, because we all have this mentality of TJ Edwards, who I think is the most underrated player on this football team. I really do. But he can't run, right? He can't cover. The Eagles went out and they signed Kaiser White. They drafted Nicobe Dean. How do you think linebacker shakes out more not in a four traditional four three, but more in a nickel or a dime situation. Uh, well, it, it 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 depends who the matchup is, right? You know, and I I think it's you know every week you're going to be talking about this being a, a matchup defense. I, I think I, I think Jonathan Gannon is going to want a defense that's flexible to the opponent. So so there's there are are, are going to be weeks when it's going to be. Maybe a heavier TJ Edwards week. There are, are going to be weeks when you want Kaiser White and Nicobe Dean on the field. Um, I I I don't think it's it's going to be, uh, you know, I, I I don't think they have a Darius Leonard in that linebacker group right now. You hope Nicobe Dean can become that player, right? But I I think what they're going to have is 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 more flexibility there, and I don't think we'll get any answers in the seven on seven period. I. I think more telling will be what happens at corner and what happens at receiver and how, and, and how Jalen hurts plays. Um, I, I want to see the different combinations that they have in the secondary. Right. I mean, I, I, I want to see um, when they have, let's say, let's say they're playing dime. Um, is there, who's that fourth corner? Uh, there are, 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 are different combinations like that, that in, in, intrigue me. The linebacker competition is fascinating, but I, I think we'll get more of those answers come training camp than during OTAs. All right, Zach, last one from me. Um, you guys, when I say you guys, you, John, all you other very good Eagle Beat reporters are over at uh, practice on Friday for grass time, uh, and you're in your large group. And sure enough, Nick Sirianni walks over to you guys and says, I think you guys have probably picked up on this but we're skimmed back because we're protecting ourselves. We don't want to see people get hurt. So we're doing a little bit less, but it's working for us. But unfortunately, Aaron Sipas has kind of hurt a hamstring. We need one of you guys to volunteer to punch for us because we don't want to put any of our other players at risk. <laughs> so who out of the beat brigade would number one be the first to volunteer and say, yeah, I'll punt. And number two, who would be the best to go out there and do their best Aaron Sipas imitation? 
So I would go uh, Jimmy Kemsky yeah. would be the Gotta first one Kemsky, to raise his hand. Right? And then Kemsky or Elliott Shore Parks, uh, they were the best during the field goal competition a few years ago. Um, so I would, I would have to, I would have to give those two the edge. That's that's a good one. Punting's a harder one, right? Yeah. Now we're talking about quarterback, receiver. Um, you know, off. I, I I think we we probably have more offensive linemen than anything else in the group, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I'm in but, that category. You know, um, you know, I'm 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 probably more of the Darren Sproles type out there. So, uh, uh, but uh, no, that's that that's that's a really good question. I I would probably go Kemsky or Elliott. Yeah, okay. I would I would go Kemsky. Uh, Elliot's more of a field goal kicker. <laughs> size. There you go. There, there, you there go. we go. At C Berm, follow him on Twitter, theathletic.com. Uh, best in the business. Uh, subscribe there, Zach. I'll, I guess I'll leave you with a real football question. Um, and that has to deal with Jalen Rager because, you know, Jalen's had some. Obviously, people know the on-field issue, but the off-the-field issues and and the fact that uh, he missed the first few days of training camp last year when one of his childhood friends died. Now his teammate uh, was tragically killed uh, in an auto accident from TCU when he was back in college and Jeff Gladney. Do Do you think... Jeff, uh, do you think Jalen Rager is going to get an opportunity to compete with the Quez Watkins and, and Zach Pascals of the world on the offense? Or do you think the Eagles have quietly turned the page sort of behind the scenes? It's a good question. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's tragic what has happened to obviously Jeff Gladney and, and, you know, Jalen Gregor's human. He's, he's dealing with things that, that go beyond football there. Um, from a football perspective, I think there is a pretty well-established top three here. I think A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins are your top three. I think the Eagles look at Zach Paschal as in, 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 you know, as as one of the best number four, number five receivers, right? He's he's versatile. He can play multiple spots in the offense. He can help on special teams. Um, so he's, he's going to be on the team. Uh, how does Jalen Rager take to being the number four, number five receiver? I think that was, was uh, one of the – the I don't want to say issues, but you know when they were leaving at the end of the year, I think one of the messages to Jalen Rager is how do you react when you're not the top guy, when you're not getting eight, ten touches a game, right? Uh, so, yeah, I I think Jalen Rager could be moved. It 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 would make sense if it's uh, you know our underperforming first round pick for your underperforming first round pick type trade. You've you've seen those types of deals in the past. That's how the Bills got Jerry Hughes, right? And and Jerry Hughes turned into a really good player there. So yeah. um, I think it, it it could happen that he is elsewhere next season. I don't know if I would say the Eagles have turned the page, but I don't think the Eagles are building an offense or a game plan around Jalen Rager. Z Berm, always a pleasure. Whenever you come aboard, you let an insight. We appreciate that. If you do get called upon to punt for the Eagles during practice, I expect you to step up and compete. It's competition. You want to win over Sirianni, go out there and compete against Kempsey. I I would tell Nick that if you're calling on me to punt, go for it on fourth down. (laughs) (laughs) Which he doesn't have a problem doing anyway. Zach, good stuff. Appreciate it, buddy. We'll get you back up in a couple of weeks. You got it. 
Zach Berman of the Athletic, uh, outstanding Eagle Beat reporter. It was on Birds 365. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. You know what we got to do? Put a bow on today's show. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Afternoon, after five o'clock, six o'clock ish. Hey, come on down tomorrow. You'll get you'll get it with a day's advance notice. Yeah. Maybe not twenty four hours. 
but a day's yes. advance notice. Yes. It will come Thursday for Friday. That's my my bet. I'm betting heavily on that. Part Just as we- I'll bet heavily, I got to get this in on jacobsports.com. Our one-stop shop for all things uh, Jacob Sports. So Birds 365, uh, the National Football Show Sports Take with D. Gunn, Rob Ellis, Barrett Brooks. Got all my writing there. Dama's going to be there the regular season. JacobSports.com. Which I went to today and saw that you were talking about ramping up the passing game in seven on sevens. Yeah. Come on. That 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 well, that's that, all you can do, right? You can't you can't defend the run in seven on sevens, Jody. Is there any chance that at any point prior to the start of this upcoming 2022 season that the NFL changes their rules and decides to go seven on seven rather than eleven on eleven? I think it's coming. I think it's coming down the road. They, Offensive like, line they like scoring. And the NFL is always making rule changes remember, to advance safety, scoring. Safety above all else. Remember, how do you how, how do you make the how do you make the game of professional football safe? Well, you turn it into flag football. Yeah. And and seven on seven is one way that you could go about doing that. All right, partner. Uh let's try to sing again tomorrow. Who we got uh, locked in array tomorrow? I know we got at least one guest. Uh, we got a nine twenty guest. I don't have my calendar. Yeah, in front neither of me. do I. Uh, Shame on me. I should I know. Clark, I, think, I think Clark Judge. Clark Judge is joining yeah. us tomorrow. Thank you very much. You got a yeah. better memory than me. Uh, Clark is one of our favorite national guys, a Hall of Fame voter, uh, work, works for uh, Talk of Fame. Um, every once in a while, we like to get a national guy on. Today, we had two very good Eagle-specific guys. Tomorrow, we'll put a national guy in the mix with uh, Clark Judge joining us at about uh, 9.20 tomorrow. Partner, uh, good show today. Brother, I say we do this again tomorrow. You in? Let's do it. JacobSports.com. Like, share, subscribe on the YouTube channel. Getting it all in, Jody. If you miss John McMullen over the next 22 hours, you can always go to jacobsports.com and get more of his thoughts. But he will lend his thoughts here on Birds 365 tomorrow in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.